Jay Bizcon, Dimitri Downing with uh, Meet Unshackled, always trying to figure out which one of these many cameras that we're actually filming from over there. Anyways, I'm here with one of my favorite people in the cannabis, in the global cannabis industry, Luna. Hi, likewise. Why she, she's the co-host for this interview. Yes, it's an honor to be here with Respect My Region, super well-respected um, thought leaders in the space. My name is Luna Stauer. I'm the Chief Impact Officer here at iSpire. iSpire. We do vape hardware and induction dab devices for the cannabis space and beyond. You know, and I'm we, so we to be need here. an iSpire device right here. A dab here. rig? Yeah, Adam, Adam, yeah. Adam, will you grab me my dab rig right so there? The dab pack? Yeah, so we are here with Mitch, another one of the great leaders of the American cannabis movement. Good to see you. Hey, hey appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. Crazy shit happens when Mitch pops in. Last time we were doing something, we were in Arizona, and then Jim McMahon walks up. It was he saw me, and so he wanted to get a slice of the, the light. No, I'm playing. No, as soon as I sat down, all the NFL guys came over, and, you know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let them, you know, let the players play, man. You no, know? Well, we had, like, earlier we had Andrew Klein, who was, like, one of the guys who's a thought leader in interstate commerce. He's on the Biden advisory board, sure. federal regulations, and then comes Ricky Williams. And so we just got to scoot them apart. And, uh it just happens that way. And MJ BizCon is like that. You know, it's yeah. magical. walking these halls is everything. I, I feel like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Although that would probably be Hall of Flowers too, so we gotta, yeah. how does that work? <laughs> Anyways, so Mitch, we got well, this is about you. Uh, although we should probably make it about Luna too, but we'll make another one about Luna. Well, this is about you. Tell us, Mitch, uh, when did you first venture into cannabis? What's your journey? Uh, you know, from a consumer standpoint, like a lot of people, high school, you know, uh, probably like four, 14, 15, around that, around that yeah, age. Yeah, uh, which is unshackled, so we can go there. Okay. And then, uh, you know, moved into the commerce of it, you know, in, in the in the late teens. Um, I was very much involved in hip-hop, so kind of that those worlds overcrossed. And as anyone in music that's trying to get started, you got to have cash to make things happen. Yep. And, uh, you know, a job wasn't paying for rent and all the things and that career, so... You know the commerce of it kind of kind of took precedent. And what, what year about did you start the commerce stuff? Uh, probably like 2007. Maybe. 2007. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I do this chronological shit. I used to be a prosecutor, so I take notes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've not been in these situations. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm, this is a dope deposition. Those bro. those were those were a old long time ago. I would be telling the truth if it was a real. It's unshackled. <laughs> you know what? I, I I did mostly domestic violence. And I cannot tell you how many sentences I said suspended. Just don't do it again. And you get these $5,000, five-year sentences suspended because, you know, these people are just transacting and stuff. You're like, it's not a big deal. Then they violate the probation. They come back and get in jail anyways. That's what's fucked up. We didn't even think about it. It just happened all the time. Yeah. But those days are mine. So 2007, uh, you, started, you started growing or... No, just just uh, commerce of it. Just just you know selling weed, man. I've, I, 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 Flipping. I, yeah, yeah. Never really been a grower. Much respect to him. You know, I couldn't do it without him. And you know, back in those days, it was all about finding the right one. Yep. They had the right quality of product for the right price. The same stuff we're doing the now. Plug. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, hey. So, already. So you're probably you're probably. I mean, you're a young guy. That's elementary school for you. Is that is that? <laughs> no, no, no. That was like 19, 18, 19, 19. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. You're a little older than I thought. I thought you were like. I was like, he's dealing to his primary. It's cannabis. It preserves all yeah, of our yeah, all of our saying. cells. He's like, a, we look great. He's the second grade plug. Yeah. <laughs> 
teacher. Hey, I was 11 years old the first time I sold, smoked, and started being around growing cannabis in 1996. We were in middle school. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like that. It's not a scary, dangerous thing. It's just a plant. So even though it seemed like it was illegal, no one ever really felt like they were doing anything wrong. Absolutely. We, we have to do a whole episode on your guys' plug things, by the way. Yeah, it's and a nod to this life. I mean, it's a, a nod to what brought us all here. We didn't know that what we were doing when we were just trapping and hooking our friends right. up was actually creating, um, you know, expertise in a really important space. I mean, it's a mix of agriculture, it's finished packaged goods, it's transportation, it's storage, it's education. It's it's such an important thing. That's why you guys attach attack it from all angles. Okay, know? so 2007, you're dealing with your second grade teacher. Then what happened? Uh, <laughs> you know, move, move progressed a little bit more in that life. Uh, 1918, 1918. I, I was uh, also like doing music, you know, back then. So a lot of everything at that point was kind of selling weed. And like you said, I didn't understand, you know, what I was learning was supply chain, target demographic, right? pricing. You know, I learned Customer all, service, yeah, yeah, all, learning all these things, positioning, right? That a lot of cannabis brands now like have no fucking clue about, right? To hire that, a that, that we learned then. Um, and I was also doing music, so I was also in the studio a lot, creating stuff, uh, selling mixtapes, throwing shows, traveling around with music, trying to build the same thing that we're doing like this, building networks, going to events, conventions, trying to build relationships. Um, so kind of two different worlds and, and, and you know, kind of pursued that until, you know, until Washington got, got the legislation caught up. Wow, so this whole time you're living in Washington? Yeah, yeah well, a uh, little bit, a little stint in Portland. So I was in well, Pacific Northwest for sure. Okay, you're, you're Pacific Northwest guy. Okay, so about 2013 Washington takes off? Uh, that's when we passed it, but it, you know, rec sales, I don't think started until right. 2016. Um, but obviously we had a really established medical market. And so at that, at, in 2011, we started Respect My Region as a t-shirt company. Everything again was funded, Funny, by, the, was funded by the commerce and cannabis. Oh and my God. So you were involved in the, the legalization movement, the advocacy, the... Nah, I, re I, I, I mean, to be honest, well, what I was doing was... You know, I, I was never like Joey, my partner was a medical patient. So he was really learning about strains and what that did for, you know, the different ailments and, and you know, medicinal benefits. Right. I was more so trapping to make money, but I also really like smoking good weed. So I looked at it from just, you know, I understood strains from flavors that I liked, what I could make money off of. You know what I mean? I, I, that's yeah. where I came from. And I had friends that owned dispensaries and collectives, and I never got a card because. I was under the impression that A, I didn't need to, but B, I thought that could potentially lead me to a penitentiary quicker Absolutely. than anything else. So I kind of stayed away from advocacy, cannabis content, even like we were doing content those days, but none of what we were very much involved in cannabis, but none of it was on camera because I I wasn't trying to threaten the livelihood, right? That was, that was the plug to doing everything that we were doing, right? So I was trying to protect that while building a brand that initially had no, the goal was to take money out of weed into something that could be a sustainable career because you, you, at that point you couldn't say, I'm going to be a weed dealer for the rest of my life. That seemed like a really dumb choice, you know? Right. Um, but then 2016 came along and, and the game completely changed, man. So Respect My Region originally started in 2011, you said? Yep, yep. So, so how, did it, how did it change in 2016? What, what? So when it shifted to legalization, so when we were selling t-shirts, I kind of identified uh, medical cannabis shops were easier for us to sell t-shirts at and we made a better margin because nice. you had to do a lot of 
uh, you know, consignment, right? Yes. It's a small brand that didn't have proven sales, right? Very much like, again, like cannabis. And going the traditional retail clothing route was very difficult. Uh, you got very shitty terms. They didn't want to move your product. I knew a bunch of people that ran medical collectives. We were able to sell our shirts and promote our shows huh. in places where nobody else was selling shirts. And they'd give us like a 60-40 split instead of a 50-50. Um, and so I was building all these relationships and promoting kind of within to cannabis, not for cannabis, because they didn't quite want to promote it those days. And then 2016, once Rec was online, now these same people can sponsor events yeah. and want to, you know, go harder with merchandise. And now they want to be talked about in content. So the same way we were putting together shows and putting together merch and being creative and doing content, all of a sudden we could do it about this whole other world that we just like never showed the rest, you know? All of a sudden, the wall wasn't there anymore. Beautiful. So that was 2016. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so after the wall came down, I feel like I'm like in the 1990. The wall came down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that old. Uh, so after the wall came down, how did that look? What did you guys start doing? Um, you know, we just we we knew early on, like just under again coming from the legacy market, I understood the power of brand positioning, marketing, and kind of realized a lot of these guys. You know, kind of what we see now. People are coming into cannabis that don't know cannabis, and people are coming from cannabis that don't know business or marketing. Yeah. We know both worlds. We felt like we could be a bridge. We knew we were early when it was just Washington and Colorado legalized. Our our model of monetization, we knew we're not going to make shit for money, but we can build out relationships and content. And content will build awareness, and content will also be a vehicle to build relationships. So we just started going super hard with reviewing products, shooting videos for free at cultivation facility. Like Showing up at every freaking event going and doing event, recaps going of everything yeah. when no one else was doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And then even looking at, you know, writing about strains and stuff like Jane didn't exist then. Dutchie didn't exist right, then. Right. Maps wasn't really doing it. Leafly was really, Leafly and Seedfinder were the only people that we had to compete with for search traffic for really cannabis terms. So we just knew this is an asset that we can build that doesn't just have value now to have value long term. And so we just started building out and, you know, budget and bodies are the only two things restricting us from world domination and, uh, you know, trying to increase both every day. Absolutely. You guys are really present on LinkedIn. You do a lot of thought leadership on that platform. How has that been for you as far as, uh, you know, changing the game, making it better, or what are the limitations there? Game change. Like Barbara Walters over here. I love it. Give me five. Look at that. Yeah, old school reference. <laughs> I know, I know, I know Barbara. We love Barbara. No, that, LinkedIn was a game changer because obviously, if you're in this space fighting censorship, shadow bans, losing accounts, right? LinkedIn's the only place we can talk about cannabis, and you're not getting shadow banned. You're not getting deleted. I've heard some people do with that. You can yep. use hashtags. You can actually run ads targeting yes. people that only work at specific cannabis companies. Like, and I come from a world of running digital ads. So just the power of that pro that platform is insane. And so, you know, I was early on Gary Vee. I know he's big now, but I was early, not a super fan, but early. And he was talking about, you know, like 2015. He was like LinkedIn, LinkedIn, maybe 2016. Yeah, I, don't know. I do remember and, that. He was harping on LinkedIn. Joey wasn't even up on Gary Vee. And I was like, bro, you need to be on LinkedIn. We need to be on LinkedIn, i.e. you can do it because I'm not about to do it. And then he started going hard, and we saw so much benefit. I was like, ah, oh, shit, now we need, like, our whole thing is we use the word double down. If something's working, double down. All right, you're going hard. How do we double down? Let's pay someone to help you run it to do more, and now I'm going to start doing it too. And it's, you know, LinkedIn's changed our life 100%. 100%. So you, you guys are, are, are uh, brands should reach out to you guys. Uh, cultivators should reach out to you guys. Who, who like, who's, uh, 
your target market. I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I know you guys do review content, you review products, you do videos, cultivation. Uh, you know, what, what kind of people should contact you guys? And honestly, everyone. So like, you know, we, we have like three verticals, right? We have like our media vertical, um, which is the podcast, the, web, the website, you know, putting out content across social media. Right. And so from that, you know, we're reporting on news, we're reporting on, you know, advocacy, a little bit of legislation, not as much of that, but a little bit of that, you know, brands, stories, right? We're reporting on everything in so many aspects, anything that's cool, in demand, right? We want to talk about selfishly, we want search traffic for anything that's getting searched, but if it's a good story and we can support right. great people, that's like the... the all Perfect the all the boxes up. are checked, you know. And then on the other side, we do marketing agency work, where you know we've worked with you guys on some stuff, and like we work on the back end, where some you know outward facing person might not know it's us, but we're working on behalf of brands and ciliary and dispensaries. Um, so in that regard, again, we're working with everyone. Deliver, you know, dispensary delivery tends to be the ideal like regular client, but. Um, you know, we can work with anyone. Uh, we understand a lot of different parts of the game. And then that third pillar of business is, you know, we started as a lifestyle brand. That's not the forefront anymore, but we still sell merch. Uh, we have flower product collab uh, in Washington. Well, it sold out, so you can't get it, but it was in Washington for like a couple days before it sold out. Uh, we're selling cannabis in California, so, you know, we kind of have these three verticals, and, and all three of those, you know, plug us in and out to different people. Yeah, and I, I had the pleasure of being actually on your podcast. Yep, yep. They have yep. a big podcast. Uh, you know, the way you describe it makes me want to invest in you. <laughs> you know, I love that, the three verticals. It just makes sense, you know, the lifestyle brand. So Respect My Region right now isn't being carried as a brand somewhere right now? Uh, yeah, so we, we have cannabis flower. We have one skew on the market in California. Okay. The RMR Legacy Smalls, it's a seven gram bag of smalls. And so the whole goal of that is I'm a legacy weed dealer. I partner with legacy cultivators. And we're making a product for the legacy market because remove me from the industry, just Mitch, the weed consumer. I'm not shopping at a dispensary. Because I smoke too much to get the quality of weed at the price they sell right. at the dispensary, exactly. right? Exactly. You need the Costco. Like, we, we need yeah. the Costco deal. And and so I, I want to go once and have enough and have get get a broken down. Like it's just it's 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 perfect for a tourist. It's perfect for mom coming in to try it, but it's not sustainable. No, and and your legacy weed smoker has been smoking weed for ten plus years. They will have their lights cut off for two days, but they will still buy their weed. They're smoking the same amount of weed every week. Regardless they have of this budget that they've set aside, yep. and the legal system does not fit in with that budget, and that consumer does not have the money to thousand 3x their weed spend. So we are trying to build this model, and we are we have it on the market in California, and we're looking to bring it to Washington and other markets where it's really that. for that consumer who is honestly the highest spending dollar-wise volume in cannabis, and so much illegal cannabis completely ignores that demographic. Like they either don't know they exist or don't understand why $65 Ace are not connecting with that demographic, right? right? It's simply they're not spending that money. And that will be Respect My Region. You can go into Dispensary California and find that. Yeah, we're, we're on eight. Ask, ask for Respect My Region. Eight, eight, yeah, Respect My Region, RMR Legacy Smalls. It's only one, we're doing one skew, seven grams of Smalls. When I, was a, when I was a weed dealer, my target demographic was buying a quarter or half ounce at a time, and they bought it one to three times a week never without fail. Whether they had a job or not, that's what they were doing. That's who I want to sell to in this Recession legal market. Recession proof. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, because I keep thinking like 10 years in the past, 10 years in the future. And so 10 years from now, we might be looking back at this podcast and R&R Legacy Smalls will be in New Jersey and Missouri and Illinois and Arizona. And that, that, you know, that's kind of a cool thing, you know? So that's like, that's one of the goals absolutely. Of, of Respect My Region. 
Absolutely. And, and build out, you know, this, this lane where, you know, we can collaborate with farms. We're not a competitor. And we really only sell one skew to one demographic that, again, so many people are ignoring. I can still do marketing for another company or they can still advertise on my site. We're not going after the same demographic. And even if still, my demographic is not buying wheat from just one brand either, right? They're always trying, you know, the flower consumer is always buying new, right? Like they're always chasing new flavors, new iterations of flavors they like. So I just don't view the model we're building out as a competitor that'll, you know, ruin our ability to be an advertising vehicle for other brands. Right. And, and during that time, you're still doing media and policy stories and stuff and Absolutely. producing that on the platform and, and reaching more people that way. What do you see as the hot topics and, and the, the things people are talking about in the cannabis industry today? Um, you know, for me, obviously, on the, 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 the disconnect between corporate and legacy is the big one, right? Because I kind of walk... The roots up, and the suits. Yeah, I, I interview a lot of CEOs and I don't, you know, I'm not here to throw stones at you're it. You're not a... Well, I, I can't say that. That's... <laughs> I'm not impressed, but it's it's an there's an inevitable. I future, said it. There's an inevitable future, right, of where cannabis is going. Big business, it's somewhat already here, but it's not anything what it's going to look like in ten years. And I'm not ignorant enough to cut that off. But obviously, the legacy is what I come from, and so a lot of the conversations on both sides are people that are unable to to reach the legacy or the legacy feeling left out for a variety of reasons, whether they're a person of color, whether they don't have taxable income to prove to get into this industry, right? Like there's more than one issue on the legacy side. So a lot of it's on there, you know, rooted around that conversation, I think, from both sides. Um, And then the other issues are, you know, living in Washington State, we don't have home grow, we don't have cannabis delivery, and we don't have lounges. And I don't know if they're going to bring those anytime soon. And so I would love to see some changes in our state and and some of these other states. I'm surprised there isn't like a good advocacy or lobbying effort pushing that in uh, Washington. Washington State Cannabis Alliance, they're out there, they're doing what they can, but Washington State politics moves incredibly slow and we don't have, you know, one of the downsides of not having corporate is we don't have a ton of money to go lobby with in our state as well as, you know, an Illinois or something like that, right? But obviously then they lobby in their favor and is that better? I don't quite know. So, yeah, we're all familiar with the, with the widget versus the respect for the plant kind of yeah, yeah. concept. I mean, I've, I've gone the full transition, uh, but it was actually from the guys at Normal. Uh, okay. Hanging out with the guys at Normal helped me understand the cannabis community, the cannabis plant, the cannabis culture, you know. It, 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 and, and it, you know, the corporate guys, if they don't understand that if they don't get into that aspect of the industry they're not going to be successful businessmen it just it is what it is i mean they might hire somebody to fulfill that role but you have to i mean those are the consumers those are the patients if you don't respect the ogs the legacy the story of the plant the people the community the culture you're just missing the boat you look at like basketball right because i'm a hoops fan right like you can have the smartest business-minded people behind a franchise right but if you don't have the right person that really understands basketball making personnel changes, not just on players, but coaches, trainers, the Golden State Warriors built a franchise that is a cash machine. Dubs all day. Because they under, you know, they had the right people in leadership positions that right. understood basketball. If you look at how they built that organization through drafting, they knew basketball and what they were building. Yep. Sure, they're a massive corporation, 
But you look at these other, you know, the Nets owner from Russia, or previous one who came in with the super big bank for, and tried to assemble this Nets team that consist, they had the money, they had the media market, but they didn't have the right leadership that understood what they were all doing, which was basketball. We're in cannabis. Doesn't matter how much money you have, what kind of SOPs or understanding of business you have. If you don't have leadership that truly understands cannabis, what the fuck are you doing? Amen. You know, and this is interesting because I know Luna is out there traveling the world as well. And, uh, you know, respect my region. One of the things that I found real quickly from the normal guys and stuff when I started understanding this, I started traveling more and more, is that each region has like a different cannabis culture. Mexico, Spain, Germany, India, Washington, Arizona. And you have all these different cultures in cannabis. And I think, I don't know if they're going to be lost as it gets more commoditized what's the word there I my instinct is commodified I think my instinct is to say that there will always be stratification yeah words are my thing there's always going to be a stratification and a bifurcation of of what of what is being fed to us in the mainstream it's like yeah there's you know, a mask that you can buy for $50, or you could just mix apple cider vinegar and some clay and make a mask. So just because they made a finished product doesn't mean someone can't still make their own homebrew. Um, I, I don't know if anything that's coming from the top down or a structured system is ever gonna replace something that grew from the ground up. Something as organic as, as cannabis culture, the way we smoke, the way we buy it, the way we sell it, what we talk about. One thing I did notice in Germany is they call it the Cali. Like they'll use the word Cali as a synonymous with high grade or indoor cannabis. So little things like that, that I think we'll just be adding, but I, I, it'll, I, it's hard for me to imagine that there will be an erasure of anything cannabis culture associated. We just don't work that way. We just go farther underground or move around or um, improve and we add new things, but I don't really see anything getting totally canceled out. I mean, people still scrape the bowls out of their bong loads and smoke resin bowls. People still do weird, you know, like smoke out of apples and stuff like that. Never what, just because you got a fancy dab rig doesn't mean I'm not still down to smoke out of an apple if I'm traveling, yeah. you know, in another country where I don't have a pipe. Like, have you guys it, been to Spanibus? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I have four not, times. Not, not, you, you Omar's been out there, but I have In March, you gotta come with us. You guys gonna go there? One of the coolest things I saw was they were doing this rap contest, this freestyle rap conference. They right, it was great. And, and, and there, there was a Mexican rapper slash cultivator versus a Spanish rapper slash cultivator. I saw that battle rap. It was they, incredible. They, they, they battle rap about and then he's like sick. throwing shit out about Spanish marijuana and, uh, and, and, and Mexican marijuana. And, and that was, I was like, that's culture. Exactly. That is culture. That is what this cannabis community is all about. So exactly what you're saying. Those businessmen, the suits that think this is a widget, they missed the boat. It's it's a culture. Cannabis culture is one thing, but you're absolutely right. It is nuanced by region because you look at a lot of that is through regulation, right? And, and yep. the platforms that were available. Yep. And there's a lot of different examples of that, of just how how legalization has came to be, how medical markets shaped, who was little looser with it, who was tighter with it, and that has a super big impact on how the culture and the commerce of cannabis has been going, right? So it is, there's one thing of understanding cannabis, but then there's another thing of understanding whether it's cannabis, basketball, fashion, every city, food, whatever, is gonna have its own unique spin that's just built on heritage, right? And there's so many variables that contribute to that. It's a reflection of the plan. I love it. So we gotta wrap it up, but Mitch, how do people get in touch with you? 
Uh, respectmyregion.com, Mitch at respectmyregion.com, Mitch Pfeiffer, P-F-E on, uh, on LinkedIn, man. Stay heavy on there. Old head Mitch on Instagram, you know, tap in with me. I'm out here, man. All right, cool. Luna, and you'll be back for another episode in the second year? Yes, absolutely. After we both go pee. Yes. Yeah, you can find me on the interwebs at, at Luna underscore Stour or on Get Ice Fire and check out our induction dab heating tools and our disposables. And we're, of course, we're here being hosted by iSpire at yeah. MJ BizCon 2022. Shout out Mito, shout out iSpire. We out here. Thanks. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> Thanks.